White Things, chapter 19 on page 64. The first time I brought Emery home to our apartment after school, I wished for two things. First, I wished that the boys wouldn't be in front of the garage. They just recently started saying things to me, different things, some of which included the words sweet and baby. Mom said this happened to a girl after a certain age and that what the boys wanted was a reaction, any kind of reaction. Don't laugh, don't call them jerks, don't take off running, she said. Do nothing, act as if they're invisible. My second wish was the laughing man would be gone or asleep or at least distracted by someone or something else when we walked by. We got to Broadway. Wanna stop for a soda, I said. Amory shrugged. No, thanks. We started toward Amsterdam, and I tried to follow Amory's conversation, but mostly just squinted to see down the block. By some miracle, the boys weren't out in front of the garage. I offered up a silent thank you to the universe, and then we started across the street to my corner. Angel, the laughing man called out. He was looking right at Amory, and I couldn't help thinking that, depending on your idea of heaven, Amory might appear to be something like an angel. Her coat was pure white and went all the way down to her toes, even though it was only the middle of November and really not all that cold. How her dad kept that coat so clean is still a mystery to me. Angel! I laughed. I was trying to show Amory how absolutely downright funny it was to have a weird homeless guy here on my corner. My very own weird homeless guy. Ha! Angel, I said. That's a new one. Angel, he called out again, and now he was pointing at her. Is he pointing at me? Amory asked, slowing down. No, I said, steering her as far from the laughing man as I could without pushing her into crosstown traffic. Upstairs, a weird thing happened. After living there almost every day of my life, I saw our apartment as if it were the first time. I noticed all sorts of things that were unusually invisible to me. The stuffing coming out of the sofa in two places, the burns from Mr. Nunzi's cigarettes, the big flakes of paint hanging off the ceiling, and the black spot next to the radiator where dripping water had stained the wood floor. Excuse me, I said. I'll be right back. In the bathroom, I stared at the white tile hexagons on the floor and saw nothing but the crud in between them. I hid Mom's 20-year-old jar of Vaseline in the medicine cabinet that's been painting, uh, painted so many times it wouldn't close anymore. I like your room, Amory called to me when I came out of the bathroom. I turned slowly and looked into my room, wondering what horror I would see in it. But it actually looked okay. No curtains or carpeting, but normal stuff. A normal room with a friend sitting on the bed, which had just one pillow. I stepped in and closed the door behind me. When Mom got home, we walked Anne-Marie back to her building. Luckily, the laughing man was under his mailbox by that time. I wanted Mom to be sure uh, surprised when Anne-Marie's doorman called me Miss Miranda, but she just smiled at him. I could tell that Anne-Marie's dad was charmed by Mom. People always like her. He offered us some kind of powdered sugar dough balls he had in the kitchen, and Mom ate two of them while I said no thank you, that I hadn't had my dinner yet, which made Mom laugh and cough up powdered sugar, which made Anne-Marie's dad laugh. I looked at the sugar on the front of her t-shirt and thought that if she had the slightest idea what she looked like, she wouldn't be laughing at all.